Good morning, everybody. Hello, children. How are you today? Hello, boys and girls. This is story time with the Holes of Remark podcast show. I did this story the other day, but I think it's worth doing it again because I could read some more chapters. So I'm going to redo the following. Public Enemy Number 2. Public Enemy Number 2, A Diamond Brothers Case. Dear reader, it seems like yesterday that Waterbrooks was asking for an introduction to my first book, The Falcon's Water Tees. This is because it's the only it was only yesterday's. These people never stop. I only just delivered fifteen hundred words, some of them with more than three syllables. When the phone rang, it was my editor, Jane Went Wintoner. Hello, Tim, she cooed. How are you? I dunno, I growled. Why did why don't you ask my doctor? Wellington wasn't fooling me. Frankly, I met cigarette manufacturers who were more interested in my health. Truth is, it seems only rings when she wants something. You sound like you've got a little got a little sniffle, she said. That's no way to talk about Nick, I replied. She giggled. You need to look after yourself, my mother always used to Say, that an apple day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, yeah, but your mother used to throw them at him. There was a long, there was a long silence, but it didn't bother me. I thought she was one painful at the call. Are you busy at the moment? She asked at length. Yes, I am. I'm investigating the case of the missing cheque. As a matter of fact, I think it's the one you owe me. I can always assure. I can assure you. Your royalties are right up to date, she sniffled. Now she was the one who sounded as if she had a cold. In fact, I've got your sales figures on the computer now. They must be good if you can afford a computer. They could be better. You sold eight copies of the Falcon's Matisse last week. Is that 800 or 8,000? It's just eight. The week before you sold 11 copies. Your sales are going backwards, so we thought we'd try some forwards. If you if you could write an introduction to your next book, maybe it could help. It took me a moment to realise that Jane Wonderton had just cracked a joke, which was incredible. I never met a woman with less of a sense of humour. You ever read the Walter book of jokes? No, nor have I. But the week it, it was published, 117 books on its committed suicide. Some joke books make you cry and laughter. This one made you cry. You want another introduction? I said. How much will you pay me? The same as the last one. You didn't pay me anything for the last one. Exactly, she hung up. I'd taken the call on my new mobile. To be honest, it was a cheap Polish model. It wasn't quite as mobile as I've liked. The pocket hadn't been made hadn't been made that that it would fit into. Maybe it was a mistake buying it from a cheap Polish model in the first place. I was I was also beginning to wonder if it was safe. Take uh, talk uh, talk any longer, and it would have boiled an egg. 
I sat back and played a conversation in my head. It didn't sound any better than it had the first time. Another introduction. Where should I start? Where should I start? I, had, I couldn't start the beginning because I was already halfway through. Well, that was good a place as any. Here it goes. My name is Tim Diamond. That's what it says on the door, right above the bit that says way in. I'm a private detective, and if you've never been shot at, kidnapped, framed, or for a crime you didn't commit, or murdered, you probably had never heard of me. You probably heard of me. I'm an office. I have an office in Camden Town, which is run down in part of London. I should know. I run down there very often enough. My office is on a hill just north of the famous market, and I've been thinking about moving. Actually, there's so many cracks in the, in the brickwork that office of, could often end up moving before me. Without me, look for a pile of rubbish, bubble, just south of the market. That'd probably be me. I live with my kid brother, Nick Diamond. He's one of the eight people who read the Falcon Matisa last week. You know that he likes to pretend that he solves all the crimes. What does he think I am? An idiot? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, he does. But, to, but let me tell you, right now, that I'm not. I've got three GSSEs to prove it. Plus, I spent a year at Hendon Training Centre for the police. Came eleventh in my class. One place behind a dog. Anyway, it was it was thanks to me that we solved the mystery of the box, box of Maltesers. It was given to us by a very small gangster, Johnny Naples. You've got to be careful you describe people these days. I'm not going to tell you what what, what he was. But let me say I have no trouble getting a job with Snow White. If you know what, if you know what, if you if you want to know more, buy the book and make that make nine of you. My next case began with the British Museum hired me to track down a missing being known as the Paul Peacock. Well, you don't know. What you don't know is my little brother was getting into big trouble. At exactly the same time, as soon as I was going to get involved with a psychopathic gangster, his mother, a vicious criminal called the fence, worst of all, an unpleasant French teacher, speaking personally, I never was crazy about French. What's the point of a language that has three different words for the? So that's the plot of Public Enemy 2. If you like it, and you might like to know there are other books about me too. Wardbox has spent a lot of money giving them new covers, but it's the same old, old cheap glue. So my advice is don't read them in the bath. You might like to know that the books are written on recycled paper. It's been recycled from trees. Enjoy reading. There's nothing quite as satisfying as a really great book. Until but until you find one, I guess this will have to do. Tim Diamond. French dictation. I don't like Pyrenean Falls. From the start, it's a strange thing about French teachers. From my experience, they have, all have the dandruff, bad breath, or silly names. Well, Mrs. Paris had all three, and when you add to that the fact he was as on the short side, a pot belly, a hearing aid, and hair on his neck, you agree you never you never win a Mr. Universe contest or a combat Mr. Universe, as you might say. 
and he'd been teaching at school for three months, if you can call it his own brand of bullying and sarcasm teaching, personally he learnt more from a sick stick of French bread. I remember the first day he strutted into the classroom. He, he walked. He never walked. He moved his legs like he'd forgotten they were attached to his waist. His feet came first. With the rest, came, his feet came first with the rest of his body trying to catch up. Anyway, he wrote his name on the blackboard. Just, just the last bit. My name, he said. Pelis, Pelis, Pelis. We all knew that he got a bad one. He hadn't been in a place for thirty seconds and already written the name. His name, pronounced it, spelt it out. Next time we're having him embroidered in our uniforms. From that moment on, things got steadily worse. He treated the smallest mistake like a personal insult. If he felt if he felt something wrong, he felt something wrong. He'd make you write it fifty times. If he mispronounced a word, he'd say you were torturing the language. Then he'd talk to you, twisted ears with his speciality. What can I say? French genders were a nightmare. French tense had been more tense. Never been more tense. After a few months, Mr. Patterson could never look at a French window without breaking into tears. Things came to a head, as far as I'm concerned. One Tuesday afternoon, in the summer, in the summer term, we were being di- given dictation. I learnt over, leaned, leant over, and whispered something to a friend. It wasn't something very witty. I just wanted to know if it was a French dictation. It really had to be a French dictator. The trouble is, the, the, the friend laughed. Worse still, Mr. Paris heard it. His head snapped round so fast, his hearing aid nearly fell out, and somehow his eyes fell on me. Yes, sir, He said, I'm sorry, sir, I, I asked with a simple smile. Is there something, is there something I, I should know? Something to give us a good laugh? All a good laugh? And now he strutted forward, and my left ear was firmly wedged between his thumb and finger. And what is the French for laugh? I don't know, I winced. It is wood, and a regular verb. Just that, 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 that. I think you had better stay behind after school. Simple. And since you have been like to laugh so much, you can write that for me in an infinite principles, present indication, past, historic, future and present, subjective tenses of war. Is that understood? Are you a, but sir, are you arguing? But sir, no sir. Nobody argued with Mr. Pallas, not least he wanted to spend the rest of the day writing out intense, infinitive principles and all the respectives of the French word argumentative. So that was how I found myself on a sunny afternoon, sitting in an empty classroom, an empty school, struggling on, with the consequences of the last verb I felt like using. There, there was a clock ticking above the door. By 4.15 it had got as far I got as far as the future. It looked as if my own future was going to be that great. Then the door opened and Boyle Snappy Snap Snape walked in. They're the last two people I expected to see. There were two they were the last two people I wanted to see. Chief Inspector Snape of Scotland Yard and very unlovely unlo- assistant Boyle. Snape was a great lump of a man Always he looked like he was going to burst out of the clothes like an incredible hulk. He had pink skin and narrow eyes, but put 
a pig in a suit, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference until one of them went weak. Boy was like I remembered him. Black hair permed on his head, hair, glowing, growing wild, growing wild on his chest, built like a boxer. I'm not sure I mean the fighter or, or the dog. Boyle looked violent, loved violence, and hated me. I was only 13 years old, and he seemed to have made it his ambition to make sure I wouldn't, would reach 14. Well, 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 Snape Snapper, it seems we meet again. Pinch me, I said, I must be dreaming. Boyle, Boyle's light up. Oh, pinch you. He started towards me. No, no, Boyle, Snaps, Snape snapped. But he said, it's a figure of speech. Boyle scratched his head as he tried to figure out Snape. Figure out. Snape sat at a desk and picked up a lexify book. What is this? he said, asked. It's all, it's French. He said, yes, yeah, it's all Greek to me. He threw it aside and lit a, lit a cigarette. So how are you keeping? he asked. What are you doing? What are you doing here? I replied. I had a feeling they hadn't come to inquire about my health. The inquiries these two ever made the sort of people were, were looking for were were, were looking were helping with them with. We came to see you, Snape said. Okay. Well, you've seen me, so if you don't mind, I'll, I reach for my backpack. No, mate, not so fast, laddie. Not so fast, Snape flaked. Ash into the well. The fact is. Boy, over me, we are wondering. We need your help. My help? Snap. Snape bit his lip. I could see he didn't like asking me. I could understand it. I was a kid, and he was a big shot in Scotland Yard. It hurts his professional pride. Boy leaned. Boy leaned against the wall and scowled. He'd rather be hurting me. Have you heard of Johnny Powers? Snape asked. I shook my head. Shall I have? He was in the paper since last April. The front page. He'd been he'd been just bent down. He'd got thirteen years. That's too bad. Sure, especially as he was only fifteen years old. Snape blew out smoke. The press called him public enemy what number one. And for once they were right, Johnny Powers started young. How young? He burnt down his kindergarten. He committed his first armed robbery. And when he was eight years old, got, got away with four crates of Mars bars and a barrel of Lucasade. By the time he was thirteen, he was the leader of one of the most dangerous gangs in London. They were called the Catapult Kids, which were quite a joke as they were using sawed-off shotguns. Johnny Powers was so crooked, he even s- stole the saw. There's a long silence. What's this got to do with me? I asked. We got powers last year, Snape went on. Caught him red-handed, trying to steal a million pounds worth of designer clothes. Well, Johnny went shopping. You were... You were unlucky... You were lucky if you were left the shop. So you got him, I said. What else do you... What, what else do you want? We want the man who's going to sell the clothes too, Snape. Plunged into his cigar, into Linkwell. There was a d- 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 dull hiss. That might have been, that might have been Boyle. The fence, he went on. A man who buys and distributes all the stolen property in England. 
It's a most and a most of Europe too. You see Nick crime is big business, robberies, burglaries, hijacks, heists. Every year a mountain of stuff goes missing. Silver candles, a scotch whiskey, computers, you name it, someone's stolen it. And recently we've become aware that one man has set up an operation, a fantastic network to handle it, buying and selling. You mean like a shopkeeper? That's just it. He, he, he could be a shopkeeper. He could be a banker. We, he could be anyone. We just, we, he doesn't get his hands dirtied himself. But he's got links of every gang on this side of the Atlantic. If we could get our hands on him, it would it would be a disaster the underworld. And I think he would tell us. He could think of what he could tell us. But he's an invisible man. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know where to, he lives. To us, he's just the fence, and we want him. We want him, Boyle repeated. We, we want him, Boyle repeated. I, I get the idea, Boyle. I said, I turned back to Snake. So why don't you ask if Johnny Powers are... I asked. Snake lit another cigar, cigarette. Well, you just asked him, he replied. He offered to half his sentence in return for a name. But Howes is crazy. He refused. On a monk's feast, I mounted. Forget that, Snake said. Powers would sell his own grandmother if it suited him. In fact, he did well. He did well. Did well sell her. She's now working in an Arabian salt mine. But we didn't tell her. Didn't sell her to a policeman. He hates policemen. He didn't tell us anything. On the other hand, he might just slip the name to someone else he knew, someone who he was friendly with. What are you getting at? I asked. I was getting to feel uneasy. Jonathan Powers is fifteen, he went on. Too young for prison, but too dangerous for Walsall. He was sent to a special maximum security centre. Just outside London. Strange strange day hall. It's for young offenders. No one is over eighteen. No one over there no one there is over eighteen. Not but they're all hardened criminals. We want to go there. We want you to go there. Wait a minute, I just want I'm not a criminal. I'm not been I'm not even hard hardened. I'm a softy. I like cuddly toys and a beano and you give we'll give you a new name, Snake cut in. New identity with your spare your spare share of self powers. As soon as you found out what we want to know, we'll have you out of there. You'll be back at school before you even know it. One in the prison, one out, out one prison to another, I thought. But even if I could have skipped the whole term, I, could, I wouldn't have considered the offer. Snape might call Powers crazy, but that was crazy. That was the craziest thing I ever heard. Let me get this straight, I said. You want me to lock, lock me up? With, lock me up. With some underage Al Capone in a Mexican security jail somewhere outside London, I'm to get friendly with him, preferably before I get my throat cut. I find this, find out who his fence is, so you can arrest him too. Too. That's right. Snape smiled. So, what do you say? Forget, forget it. Absolutely not. You must be out of your mind, Snape. <laughs>
Not for a million pounds. Can I take it that is as a no? Snape added, asked. I grabbed my bag and shut up. Mr. Patterson's eager words could wait. I just want to get out of there. But at the same time, but Boyle lurched forward, blocking the door, way to the door. The look on his face could have blocked a drain. Let me persuade him, Chief, he said. No, Boyle, but he's decided. Snape swung himself off the desk. Boyle looked like he was going to explode. But he didn't try to stop me as I reached the door handle. Give me a call if you change your mind, Snake Melters. Don't wait up, I said. I left the turban there and walked home. I didn't think I'd hear from him again. I mean, I told him what I thought was their crazy idea. They could always find some other kid. The way I figured it was they just forgot about me and look up, look for someone else, which just shows you how much I knew.